You are listening to Lost and Rewound. I'm Jay Miller. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. And let's get embarrassed with us. <laughs> How's that? again to another edition of Lost and Rewound. The newest edition, fresh, fresh out, out airwaves. The, fresh out the kitchen. Fresh out the kitchen. Piping hot. Piping hot. It like, like outside. Well, kind of. I mean, I'm telling you, I, uh, I need to get a bathing suit for March. Yeah, happy March, everybody. <laughs> it's springtime already. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, if the Ides of March are telling me that I need more relaxing daiquiris by the beach... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not getting stabbed by 40 knives and my best friend. And, We're good. And, and happy Mardi Gras as well. Yeah. Someone was wearing beads the other day. I was like, why is that guy wearing beads? Someone was like, it's Mardi Gras. I was like, okay. Okay. He, that's the only excuse. <laughs> you know what's so cool is, is um, I have the weirdest experience with Mardi Gras. Um, well, I mean, first of all, I've never celebrated Mardi Gras in New Orleans. But every year up until recently, I would be celebrating the British version of Mardi Gras. That, that's the thing? Have you not heard of Pancake Tuesday? I have heard of Pancake Tuesday. I don't, okay. I don't know what it is, but I've heard of it. Pancake Tuesday is a thing. It's a it's a British thing. It sounds like the best day of the week. We didn't do it this year, uh, but and you know, for the last several years, uh, I would be... Uh, uh, I'd be privileged, I should say, to sit at the table with British women who uh, would serve me the uh, pancakes with, like, I guess, like a lemon... And um, I guess yeah, it's like it has it's like pancakes. But, like the lemon is just sitting there watching you. You're eat. supposed to, you, right? <laughs> no, it's just you draw like, a face on the lemon. And you're your best friend for breakfast. <laughs> no, you get like a lemon wedge, and you okay. squirt the lemon on the pancake, and you and these pancakes. It's like self rising flour. You're supposed to make these pancakes with. Yeah. Anyway, it's I'm just saying. British people in food. So I mean, it's just I mean, no no offense to all of our British listeners out there, but. No, no, no offense at all. <laughs> I just sometimes people tell me what's happening, and then I'm trying to wrap it around my brain, and I say, I got to try it. I in gotta, any event, just try it. It's really kind of captivating to think here we are, you and I sitting in this studio. Here we are now, what sixty some odd episodes of Lost and Round altogether. We had our fortieth episode last week of Lost and Round on Radio Free Brooklyn alone, so that's pretty cool. Self congratulatory claps. Only ones in the studio. Can we, uh, dude? You gotta add. Can you add an applause to that? Just make it radio magic. That uh, right here, right here. <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, beautiful. For, beautiful. for us, thank you, crowd Gosh. of people that I'll never meet. I just wonder if it's. I wonder if it's one of you doubled over a thousand times, or there's actually a room of you that were recorded twenty or thirty years ago, and just keep playing it. But. I'll tell you something though, man. When we first started in 2013 in the podcast iteration, you and I went as on and off. I do remember that. It would be I would introduce myself as Alon, and you would be the Hoff, and then together we are on, on and, and off. off. I remember that. But what's so funny now is that here we are today, four years later, 
And more than ever, it's apparent to the average Lost and Rewound listener that I'm much more on in terms of script. And you do so much better off script. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I like that. I like that, too. Plus, I feel like you're the kind of guy that's so familiar and, like, you know, everybody's the neighborhood best friend and the guy you call by, your, by his first name. And I'm more like the guy who's like, he passes by and you're like, oh, is that guy? Who is that guy? And he's got like a title, like the Hoff. <laughs> he's so mysterious. We'll, he's never, so mysterious. we'll never really know the answer, but a- we'll, we'll dream. Average Lost and Rewound listeners also know that uh, these things do not come free here at RFB. And we are a community-run organization that, because of your kind contributions, are successfully keeping the fire burning and by fire burning i mean uh funds uh flowing this is true this is commercial free radio yeah so as much as right now you're listening to this and you're probably browsing your instagram or something else and your eyes are having to consume ads that way we're not going to bombard you with ads this way nope and the way you can make that happen is by donations again Listeners like you. Listeners like you. You can go to, again, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. Yep. Or you can also donate directly to our show at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash L-A-R and keep us running. And here's how it'll work. If you go to the pledge page, the Patreon page will provide you with a few different options in terms of the uh, amounts of money you wish to donate to Radio Free Brooklyn. And then if you go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash L-A-R... That will be your way to sponsor us directly. So anything that you can help us uh, to keep this show going with ease, that would be most appreciated. So be our sponsor. And be as a friend. Well, yeah, you can also let us know you're out there. You can also become a guest on the show. Yeah, yeah we'll get we'll get to that later. I'm not even. I'm going to bring it up right. Bring now. it up right now, and then we'll right. remind you. We'll later. remind you later because that's what we do. We do. But I'm I'm just putting it out there right off the top. You can you can. This is an interactive community with artists and people that aren't artists but still want to share and still want to get out there and have their voices be heard because yep. we know that you do have tapes. Tapes. And among you, tapes. Yes. If you have anything recorded in the past, any sort of hidden audio gems, you can, I mean, even if you live, you know, across the world, you can always call in. We can make it work. Lost and rewound at gmail.com. Pitch us your ideas. Yeah. Just as long as it's something audible. I mean, you know? and I want, I just want. And age considerably, clearly. I just yeah. want to, yeah, we want some mold, but I really want to find that lost and around super fan. What? We know you're out there. I, I think I, I think I know them. That <laughs> Is it, it your mom? It's my mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. Well, she can be a guest on the show. <laughs> what? Maybe she will one day. Count on it. I, wanna, I, want, I just hope that she has a t-shirt that has a version of us, like in a cartoon. <laughs> You know, like something hey, that you just like. We know plenty of animators. I'm sure we could, you know, especially considering our guests, Jeremy and Katie Rose, they could probably animate something cool. Yeah, you could be like a majestic knight, and I would be like the lion <laughs> <laughs> next to you. And I don't know how we'd make that work. <laughs> be, the, the, I'd be like, I don't know where where, where the, this bromance <laughs> is going, brother, but it's I'd great. Like, <laughs> we do have an sh- actual show to get to, if you can believe it. And we will get to that. Right now. Hand it off to the band leader.
normally we like to do the plugging for our guests after we talk. And this time I would like to preface because we have a very special occasion going on on this week of Lost and Rewound. Baby Crow Productions and Squire Lane Theatricals are combining forces, throwing a very exciting event in Bushwick as they raise awareness about some of their exciting upcoming projects. So be at Tilt Bar, 248 McKibben Street, Sunday, March 5th. It's going to start at 6 p.m. I will be there, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but you have to be there because it's crowdsourcing, y'all. And you know a little bit about crowdsourcing because you listen to the show and you know about Radio Free Brooklyn's thing. But here in this case, these guys are going to be throwing an amazing campaign for two shows, one called Kids Play and another one called 13 and Not Pregnant. You might be wondering, that's an interesting name. How did that name come about? Well, here to talk about that, along with one of her collaborators, Matt Beauvais, is our returning guest, Joy Dons. What's up, y'all? Hey. Yo, yo. How's it going? And Erin uh, Pettigrew is going to be here in a short minute. Very old school style. She'll be uh, fashionably late while Always. we're recording. So fashionable. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 13, I want to I address that really quickly. 13 and Not Pregnant is the new name of the show that you were talking about the last time you were here on Lost and Rewound. Exactly. The name of the show is originally Dear Diary, but we are taking these two plays now to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and the there's, I don't know how many shows. That's so exciting. That's really exciting. And the title and promo is a huge thing. So Dear Diary is going to fall short, but 13 and Not Pregnant says a little bit more about what... Catchy. It definitely catchy. has a little catchy. more, a little more something, you know. It's got the goosh. The other play used to be called Whore, a kid's play. Also got the goods. Now we changed it to kid's play because... <laughs> You know, you're trying to get a little bit of some of that corporate sponsorship. Yeah, right. Indeed. I like that. You're like, you know, we tried to lighten it up. So we went from uh, Lady of the Night to, you know, Balloon Animals. <laughs> Disney just doesn't want to give money to whore. It's crazy. I don't understand. I mean, now, they're, they're going I darker. They're going darker. <laughs> now, Matt, you are a recent addition to the Baby Crow family. Could you talk a little bit about what your involvement is? Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess now frequent collaborator, this being the second time. But um, this is the second time that company member Margaret is directing um, a work by playwright Reese Thompson, who wrote a play for his thesis when he was in at the New School for playwriting, and I was in that last year with Joy, and it was awesome and it super fun. Play. I was one of her gay dads, her adoptive gay dads. It was pretty... <laughs> it really... That's our relationship in a nutshell. Yeah. I had just escaped from a white supremacist cult. Like you do. And was adopted by... Affluent interracial gays. So. so this is basically like the classic story of America. This is it. It is. Baby Crow especially has been socially and politically responsible. So a lot of the productions that you do do are involved in mm -hmm. raising more of a liberal awareness. Yeah, and also just like um, sort of giving attention to narratives that like we don't hear all the time. So Reese, in gen Reese specifically as a playwright, I mean, his, what, you want to talk about it? His. Do I? <laughs> He's just got his own voice. voice. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so sassy and hilarious and, like, really pushes the limits. But it's not really in a gratuitous way. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, as if you and your friends were sitting around, like, kind of saying the dirtiest things that you could just for the sake of making each other laugh. But he does that 
while telling a story that is one that you, yeah. that you haven't mm-hmm. heard before. Aren't yeah. those the best stories, the ones that don't make you feel like you're being talked to, but that you're being talked with? Yeah, mm-hmm. You're being included in the conversation, even though you're not the orator. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kids Play specifically is the story of these three friends growing up in, in American culture. and Anywhere specifically? It's, I think we've... <laughs> <laughs> We've talked yeah. about Florida a few times, <laughs> but it's, but it's too supposed to be America. Yeah, very suburban America. supposed to be you America. Can't, you yeah. can't have Florida be the stereotype. Florida's too all over the map. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, if you're trying, to, things. If you're trying to have it out of an identity, you know. <laughs> they just don't know who they are. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, yeah. So it's, it's definitely like a suburb, like an uncomfortable situation for I'm I'm like a gay 13 year old spelling bee champion who wants to be a dancer when he grows up and that's just me Matthew as a person but also that's who I play in the play it's <laughs> like so dead on yeah I didn't know that Matt was a speller when he that's was younger. actually true I was one step from nationals in the eighth grade how but, difficult is it gosh, to nationals <laughs> you I... never mentioned that in your audition no that was what? Just a fun, fact. fun fact how difficult is it for you to play something like or exactly like yourself <laughs> It is the easiest thing, Elon, actually. I just, <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me. I just get up and kind of flounce around. And, and they're like, we love it. I'm like, great. Because <laughs> some people do do a, a much better job at playing against who they are. They're playing against character. I, I, as an actor myself, have always a strive and stri- strove? Strive? Striven? Striven? Striven. 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 Let's ask the spelling bee champion. Is it strive or striven? Have striven, I believe, the past participle. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I've always striven to be as uh, (laughs) as versatile as an actor and work against the character because I end up feeling so much more naturally comfortable with... Hello. Take a seat. Magically, Aaron Perdigrew has shown up. Wow. Wow. Magic. What up? It was sort of like a uh, Star Trek effect. Like, uh... you got to be- beam me up, Scotty. Don't worry. We j- we've only just begun, and the fun is yet to set sail on a journey, a huge journey. It's a huge journey. Great, great. But but while you were uh, we were, you were actually chatting about kids play. This is the cast. This is the kids play. Yes, it is. It is. We are the cast. Okay, so now that. Now that Aaron Pettigrew has shown up, now we could finally have the Voltron, uh, or the VR Troopers, I guess, more uh, appropriately. Is it because there's three of them in the VR Troopers? Because there's three of them in the VR Troopers. Wait, is it VR Troopers, uh, two chicks uh, and a guy? Yeah. No, 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 there's it's two, two, guys, guys, it's two guys and a chick. One of them who's, who's uh, that's the, the show. That's what made it creepy. We are VR, we are. Remember that? No. Yes. No. So now that we have the whole cast of Kids Play, we can talk Yay. about the feeling of how it is to all be talking about a slice of America, you know, growing up in not Florida, evidently. We don't or know where the Florida. play takes place. But that's the whole but point. But it's in America somewhere. What has been your experience doing a play like this, Aaron? Well, doing a play like this, I... You're going to Edinburgh! I, I know, I know. That, first of all, is like, bam! Like, what's going on? I mean, isn't that what you really want as an actor? The gypsy lifestyle to be able to, like, go other places and learn about other things and bring your stories further out. I mean, the more we can connect uh, across borders, uh, the better, not just for each other, but for ourselves as far as expanding who we are as people and um, learning about cultures and actually immersing ourselves in it and not just reading a book that is very one-track or one-minded or... um, 
allowing history to be very narrow. So being able to create the history or uh, bring our own slice of history um, is is that's what I'm trying to get paid oh, for. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was special. That was special. <laughs> Interesting enough, Aaron has played both of the female characters in the play at one time. We've done a bunch of different renditions of this play before. Yeah. So she's been inside Jen and Andrea. Whoa. <laughs> she's been. I mean, hey, those characters. Maybe, those characters. Maybe, <laughs> take, take it how you will. Uh, it's all well. fair game. Oh, okay. All right. You have brought not just kids' play, but what was Dear Diary and now is 13 and Not Pregnant, both to Scotland. The fact that you're bringing both to an amazing festival like the Edinburgh is really just a fantastic experience for everybody involved. What does it mean to have the both of them? It was really Kevin who approached me. Kevin was the producer in London for Kids Play. And then he approached me about bringing what was Dear Diary. And it was actually kind of genius because both shows like really do they do work really well together. Like, they're both about youth and... Um, one's an A-side and the other one's a B-side. One's A-side, nice. one's B-side. What Reese said was his is fiction and mine is not fiction. And so he always says, like, I need yours to prove that, like, you know, <laughs> I got it right. You know, <laughs> like... Jimmy and I actually had the privilege of getting a chance to see your production uh, when it was in its limited run. Evidently, it was not one night, but evidently got extended to a few nights. Mm-hmm. So awesome for that. And That's... it won Best Comedy. Yes, Damn, yes. Girl. I totally, totally forgot about that. Please forgive me. Congratulations Not on forgiven. that. Not forgiven. No, I remember when that happened, and I was like, because she deserves it. We were like, what? What were you? were like, you were like, it was a, it's a mess. It's a mess of a play. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's thirty minutes of joy, just completely knocking. 13-year-old life out the park. It's beautiful. Really oh, beautiful. Yeah. It's being extended now. How it's, long is the show? It's got to be 45 to 50 minutes. We're going to take it to Chicago in March. And that's a lot that'll of... That'll be my first time to play around with the extended version. That, but... That's a lot of untapped estrogen. There's a couple new songs. Yeah. There's some references to Bandcamp now. Cool. I'll play volleyball for a day. Um... <laughs> Talk to us about your characters in Kids Play. Would you guys say that your characters are somewhat alike for how you guys were as children? Do we talk about how we don't know who our characters are? (laughs) Tell the people. We actually are not sure yet which girl either of us are playing. Playing, Really? You guys haven't been specifically cast. We were, and then the play is being rewritten, and I feel like we're probably going to stay because it had to get cut. Uh, yeah, I, 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 something's telling me that we're probably going to stay because, you know, as time runs out, you're going to do what, what you can do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it still hasn't officially been decided whether Matt we're thinks, doing both. Or... Matt thinks that they have better fighting chemistry. I think so, too. We've had some great moments of just, like, <laughs> bitching each other out on stage that have felt really real, and I don't want to compromise that. I know. I hear you, and you have to you have to get get your, your isn't it your fight isn't on, it is one of those I things you. when you fight I'll with you. you fight with a fellow actor on stage and it gets real. Um, you get you get closer. I as, actually as think it has gone as closer that we could really giggle together. After I can, that, yeah, look you in the eye. Because <laughs> <laughs> I say some mean shit. It's a trio of friends. So there's Patrick. And then Andrea and Jen are besties, and it starts out sort of like with their friendship while Patrick's spelling. And then 
Jen's just got some shit, and, you know, Andrea's got her shit, too, I guess. Yeah. Andrea starts being coming very attracted to Patrick because hey. he, like, really knows who he wants to be, and I think she finds that attractive. And then Jen, <laughs> I don't know. They just, like, they all kind of, like, coming into your whatever own even means, yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. So It's very different for each of them, too, how they experience that and, how, like, how their family is impacting that. Like, their relationship with their parents is obviously mm-hmm. very important at this age. And so, like, Patrick's got stuff with his parents and, like, being a gay kid in the suburbs and... Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Florida, <laughs> Florida. The Gators. You know how they feel about LGBT yeah, right. rights. <laughs> we got to talk about the event that's coming up then because uh, this is really exciting for all of us, really. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be part of one of the festivities within the festivities itself. It's a, a sub-festivity, I guess we'd call it. Mm, um, sub-fest. <laughs> Alon, sub-fest. could you tell us the name of your poem that you're going to read for Journal Confessions? Um, I'd be happy to yes. name the poem. I'm not going to read it. Don't read it. I'm not going to read it. But the name of my poem is Heart in the Trash. Oh, oh no. Wow. How old were you when you wrote this poem? Uh, Heart in the Trash. <laughs> this is gold already. Sorry, my bad, boo. I'm not reading it on the show, uh, but you'll have to wait. Um, yeah. It's going to be this Sunday. Oh, no, I was so excited. I'm going to read it. Paying customers. I, I, I was not customers. yet 14. I was uh, approaching 14 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> How many poems did you write as a kid? So many. <laughs> I love that you wrote poems. Like I didn't write poems no, as either. much. You know. Oh, oh no, I totally did. I did want to listen to a journal entry that you wrote, Joy, because I know that uh, last time you were here, your journal entries were the catalyst for thirteen going on thirty. Mandy and Josh are so stupid. They tell each other that they love each other. He carved her name in his ankle, and she pierced her belly button for him. And they're not even going out. They make me sick. But a lot of things make me sick, so it doesn't really matter. I went on my first date tonight with Justin. We went on a double date with Nikki and Blake. Bye. That's it. <laughs> that was read without with the real punctuation. It was the inflection, really, that sells it. And when was that written? Sixth grade. <sighs> That's such a time. Such a time. Why'd I care? Why am I caring about Mandy and Josh? Why is that I'm so mad about it? You're just a Mandy looking for a Josh, Joy. Because nobody was carving my ankle. You know what's my favorite things to do in that year? You go on all fours behind somebody and you push them over. They trip them. You ever done that? It's like a Three Stooges-esque thing. Yeah, Mm. but that just seems real planned, you know? No, it's not. All you need to do is that you would be behind somebody and like you'd be in the schoolyard and you would be on all fours behind them and you'd be like looking around at people like... Trying to catch their eye, like, bro, you need to, bro, <laughs> you should be, you should be so down here, bro. So <laughs> this is real. I just remember pantsing people, like, oh, um, there's your penis. <laughs> what? So what I'm doing is That's I'm why doing you this. Did wear elastic <laughs> yeah, oh people, people with lasting damage. <laughs> people with lasting damage. Yeah. There's your penis. Oh, Whoops. Wow. Well, I guess I might have helped some people out. So it, it, it's all it's all about the assist, right? I'm I'm good for about five scores and two assists in my time as a pantser. I, you know, so so Joy and I and then a ton of other folks are a part of the event in that Joy has been kind enough to tap me as one of the readers of the journal confessionals, journal teen angst part of journal the confessions. journal confessions. Mm. There's about eighteen readers. Maybe people keep coming back in and dropping out, and it's just gonna be—it's gonna be all good. We'll There's also going to be people dressed up like they were 
in middle school, there will be music played like a middle school dance. There will be even free pizza because mm-hmm. what would be a middle school event without free pizza? pizza? I wonder if you know. Do you think that the old live journals are still like out there? Somewhere? Oh my journal? goodness, I oh hope not. Because I, hope so. I, I, I never had a paper journal, but I definitely had a live journal. So. I you had, had a, a girl Zanga. try to um, I had a Zanga email. Yeah. Is it Zanga? Zanga? Is that a thing? Yeah. And I definitely wrote stuff. But she can't find it. Yeah, it's probably gone. It was all like passive, like not so subtle things that you were saying directly to your crush that you didn't want to like say like blah, blah, blah when you blah, blah, blah. And it's it's just my heart on a computer screen. Oh. (laughs) So rough. Erin, did you have a live journal? I I have a lot of journals. I had a live journal. I actually have about four journals that span from the end of my middle school to the beginning of my high school the whole summer. Um, I have poems, the whole nine. Yeah. But you neither... should read one. Yeah. You should do you do have journal any... confessions. Okay. Well, we're going to call California and um, <laughs> <laughs> ask them to ship it over. Actually, I, I'm, I'm, I might uh, see if, if I know that some of them are still in storage, see if I can get some. But they're pretty intense. I, I read some of them before I moved to New York and I was like, wow, girl. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I still have a lot of, like, old love letters that I was written when oh, I was, like, 15. Wow. What? Yeah. How good I, ca- I kept were. every love letter that was ever written to me. But not on that any oh, game to board. You. To me. No, no, I never wrote a love letter to anyone. Oh, damn. Of course not. Player. Why would you? I mean, I'm a guy. It's hard to, like, express. I, I had a girlfriend I when feel. I was in junior year oh. of high school. Believe it or not, I had a girlfriend in junior year of high school that didn't go to the same school as me. But uh, we exchanged a lot of, like, back and forth love emails. I remember saving those emails. I don't even know if I still have them, but uh, they were very, like, cutesy and very... Um, some of them weren't even letters. They were just, like, surveys that you did, like, you, what you do now, I guess. I guess it's made a comeback, right? Because they were on MySpace, and then, like, people started yeah. doing the surveys again. But yeah. they've, they've been around since the dawn of... And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is like, I got a love, love matching survey over here. <laughs> I actually, I had uh, something that I feel like I could read, maybe, if you guys are interested. Let's hear it. Please. Yes. I've talked about this on the show before. This is eighth grade version. Curse. I admit it. I used to be a troubled kid. I mean, a real hyper, dudsy, stupid kid. One year, one one night, I promised God that forever beginning the next day, I would never be troubled again. March 4th, 1993. I have been sick and tired to my spine about my peers. Lately, kids have been bothering me about the one thing I would least like to hear. It's not the end of the world. Truth is, at first, it wasn't annoying. But it grew to a habit. And before I could take a step to think of how to ignore those seven words were uttered out of the dirty lips of the jerks who I have known to hate. Because they, underlined they, said it like... Underline, I should worry about myself. Underline, <laughs> underline my priorities. Underline my life. Never would I let people judge my mind, especially the people I hate. But the guy that I am, I ignored. I ignored for many months before. But months are like nothing in a lifetime. They are little specks of dust that speed by the mind's eye in a matter of split seconds. In a split second, my brain cells were each going to snap one by one. Underline, one by one. <laughs> March 5th. The next day, I was minding my own business walking on the soft white snow of our intermediate playground, because that's what they called it, alone. This because my friends were too busy bothering the school nerd who was trying to hide in secret places in the bushes of the woods. He is from Woodstock. 
Peace, man. As I circled the playground monotonously, a small ratty kid from my grade looked at me with a grin and said seven words. Those were the seven words I didn't wish to hear. For For seven to be a lucky number, it was sorry to say that this kid was... Underlined, unlucky. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. As the last brain cell snapped, I jumped like a savage onto the kid, punching him with every ounce of strength I had. Ounces enough to make a liter. (laughs) 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 Did you just go from the metrics? Oh, my goodness. he He looked up at me with blood everywhere. Um, laughing. It was like I was nothing. I looked at my red hands with the weirdest face you'll ever find. Then I got taken to the principal's office. (laughs) No one tells the truth to God, I thought. No April, April, April 19th, 1993. Me and my mom have gone out to get our takeout Chinese food in Woodstock. As I go to get our food with the $10 bill I was given just now, I noticed the kid's dad eating in the restaurant. He didn't even know me. I got the food and the change, which was only a dollar. Driving home, I noticed something about the back of the dollar bill. There was no White House. There was a rainbow instead. Words were inscribed on the rainbow, and they read, Good fortune to others will bring good fortune to you. My mind went blank for a minute. And then I thought, I thought back to that day when I beat the kid up, how I beat him with my bare fists. (laughs) Underlined. It felt good. (laughs) It felt, underlined, real good. How sweet revenge is. At least that's what I used to think. So if this is called what most call a curse, then why is it doing me good? That's Ooh. it. Oh my God. Dude, what would, I want to know. Yeah, first Sorry. of all. Yeah, first of all. Wow. Oh, no was, one tells the truth to God. No one. <laughs> no one. No, that's not. <laughs> that was my favorite line. But what was the seven-letter phrase that he yeah. said? Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. It's not uh, the end okay. of the world. You did say I wonder that why that made you so angry. Because um, he's a lawn. Millennial times? Or? <laughs> so, okay, okay. Round table. Was there a phrase when you were younger that kids taunted you with, uh, or a name or a phrase or something that really got under your skin and just made you want to punch that person? I didn't like slut. I really Um, had a hard time with that word. That was a funny word for me. Being a member of the tribe of gays. (laughs) (laughs) The tribe. tribe. People used to call me annoying a lot. Third grade was kind of a peak in my life, that was the first time I won the spelling bee, going back to the spelling bee. But, like, people would call me annoying a lot because I was really loud and very excitable. Oh. That made me so sad. Like, I just want to be your friend. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm sorry, can I repeat the question? Was there, like, a certain phrase that people would say to you to oh, get under your skin was... or a word yeah. they called you? Um. Uh... Everything under the sun for me, but that yeah. specific story I thought was I guess... interesting. I got a lot when I was growing up because of, like, the neighborhood I grew up in, but then my mom went to, like, British boarding school because she's from a different country, and so a lot of people called me an Oreo because black on the outside, white on the inside because of the way that I spoke. Um, But that didn't really bother me as much, to be honest. Not after a while, I was just like, you're honestly 
it's degrading what you're saying. For me, it was really when people attacked things that I loved. I remember I slammed this kid on the ground because he told me that swimming was stupid and I wasn't having it. Mm. You you were that into swimming? Well, it's just like he called me an Oreo, whatever. It's when you start to attack the things that I love. When you want to specifically go into the places that hurt me in a place that creates joy for me, Mm. then you're about to get some and Mm. I hope you're ready. (laughs) So that's, that's how we do it on the streets. I mean, just—that's the trigger. That's the trigger in people that make people snap. And it's—it's it's when you attack the things that I love, or okay. yeah. But you got to stand for what you believe in, and that's important. All right, then. That's important. Right. What about you, Jimmy? For me, um, people always tried to get to me, um, and a lot of stuff wouldn't work. I feel they called you Jamie. Jamie gets me. I don't like when people call me Jamie. Why didn't they call you Jamie? That honestly wasn't a big deal because people like it wasn't funny enough for them to keep going with it. Because yeah. I was just like, all right, I hate that. Stop. That was enough. Yeah. Um, but people would try to do a lot of racial stuff, and then like being multiracial, I didn't like identify with all, any of the insults. So I was like, I don't, I don't yeah. really feel it. So then it was always instances when people would try to uh, attack. I suppose like my masculinity because I was always really thin and I was always really short growing up. Mm. And I grew taller, and I'm still thin, but it was any time like that. And then it would always escalate, because it would never be me doing anything, but it would always be like a guy trying to get to me. And then I'd be like, ignoring him. And then he'd be like, well, I think that you're weak, so I'm going to like prove it, and I'm going to beat you up. Mm. And then I was, um, I wasn't like a really tough kid or anything like that, but I just was like a kid that I didn't like getting bullied. And my father told me, you know, if anybody ever tries to bully you, just like hit him right in the face really hard. Right. And then that'll, that'll be over. Stop. All right. He'll stop. So um, I had all these instances where these guys would be like, I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to beat you up. And then they'd be like, big circle of kids. And I was just like, bang. Yeah. And I, this, happened, this happened like so many times growing up. And then after a while, kids were like, Jimmy's, Jimmy's kind of the man. <laughs> Jimmy's going to punch you in yeah. the face. <laughs> Jimmy's like, he's totally cooling. He's making some jokes and stuff. And like, but if you mess with him, he's going to crack you. In the head, and that's going to be that. So I guess it, it came to an end, um, but I wasn't going to, like, just sit there and, like, mope and, like, be sad and, like, mm-hmm. go into the corner. I mean, that was me. I was a corner moper. <laughs> Why are you so mean to me? My teacher for that journal entry I read um, said a very interesting thing at the end, which – I mean, I, I like this teacher a lot. Leith Murgai, shout out to him all the way out where he is in England. He uh, was my eighth-grade humanities teacher, and his commentary was, this is a very angry one. Revenge, such a double-edged sword. Nothing can be more satisfying and more dangerous at the same time. I understand how sweet it can be, but you have to ask yourself whether your means are as bad as your foes. Has there been any experience that you guys have had where you have been in that conundrum of revenge, feeling good but not really getting anybody anywhere? Hmm. I have a very similar story. That is... (laughs) It was one of those things that I liked to keep my word on the playground. And there was this kid always trying to bully me and hassle me. And I was just trying to ignore it for a while. And then he came and, like, he kicked me in the crotch and, like, demolished me. No. And I was down for the count. And I remember, like, <laughs> that it was so bad that there was, like, hours of the day that I was, like, in the corner, like, mm-hmm. having to recover. Because it was, like, he really hit me hard. Yeah. And I said, I remember I looked him in the eye and I said, if I ever see you again, I'm going to kick you in the nuts every single time that I see you. It's going to be bad. I'm going to find you. And I'm faster than you. Damn. And he was just like, what? Huh? Whatever. And he was like a lot bigger than me and stuff like that. And I was like, no, it's going to be bad, dude. Like, it's going to be, it's, you're, like, you're going to really regret this. Oh and it got to be to the point where I would. I would find this kid and I would, I would like, 
like bloodlust go after him, and I just run over and bang. I'm sorry, and I would. <laughs> I almost got. I almost got him, but I wouldn't kick him. I would knee him because I felt like that was it wasn't quite as bad. It wasn't the damaging thing, sure. but it got to the point where he would start to see me, and he would just freak out and run away. Nice. And there was one day where he saw me, and he started crying. And that was the, last, was the day I just decided it was over. Yeah. And I, at that point, life. it was too much. And I said, oh, man, like this kid is he's all messed up from this now. Dude, you yeah. had to teach him, though. Someone had to. Did yeah. you have a, a situation like that, Matt? No, not at all. <laughs> never. Never, never fought anybody. I couldn't. I, like, I grew up like in a martial arts family. My grandfather is like a senior you grow grand man. Uh, California, San okay. Francisco. Okay. But my grandfather's from Hawaii, and they, he and his buddies all trained in these different styles of martial arts growing up. And so he's like a senior grandmaster in this one style that they all like created together. But I hated it when I was a kid. Like they'd make us spar, and they put us on the pad, and be like, "Get over there!" And I would just burst into tears because wow. I could not fight people. Wow. I just love you all so. Now that I'm older, I real I would love to. I would kind of like secretly dream about getting mugged just so I can like release yeah, all yeah. of my like yeah. pent up frustrations with my life upon this person who wishes me ill will. Oh yeah, they're well. That's that's why the mugger is much more afraid than you are because they're oh, afraid yeah. of that moment that they're gonna have that guy that's just like you know what I've been waiting for this. Yes, you Wait, <laughs> like, mugger. Oh, I just wanted to get like some money from yeah, you, and you no, look no, like an easy no. target. Now I got a crazy fight in my hand. No one messes with me because I guess unless I open my mouth and speak, I look a little bit intimidating sometimes. Dude, the beard and the bald head is <laughs> is the classic. Those <laughs> you just go and it's <laughs> nobody nobody messes with me ever. It's like come on, come because to me, someone. Because scary white dude. <laughs> no, scary white dude is the scariest of all dudes. Yeah. Scary dude. No, think about it, because scary white dude, you could end up in being in somebody's fridge, like making you know your, oh your cold God, cuts later. Yeah. You know, I might be Dexter. That guy's got a marzipan yeah. statue of Carson <laughs> Bailey. It's bad. <laughs> Joy, did you have uh, something that uh, is pertinent? I don't think that I did a lot of revenge seeking, um, except maybe towards men. Uh-huh. Stupid shit, like you know, you like someone, they like you, but it doesn't work out, and then they date some, they date. Someone else, and so then, like, you wait a year, and then you date their best friend. That kind of stuff. I did a lot of that. Eddie, but Scorp- I've gotten over that, and I don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's my Scorpio. I don't do that anymore. Oh, Scorpio. Uh, similar experiences. Similar experiences for you, Aaron. I wasn't big on revenge, to be honest. It wasn't really something that I did. I, I guess I did something once to this girl, but it was stupid, and I don't regret it. So. <laughs> But other than that, like she's dead now, so no one cares. A lot of like, (laughs) no one remembers. I didn't say that. (laughs) Um, But a lot of a lot of times when I when I get hurt, it's really like it's less of revenge. I just like I really get introspective and I like come into myself and I'm like, oh, fine, you want to hurt me like that? Then. Shade. No, yeah. just like moving on. Yo, yo, that's that's what I know that you're about, and I'm just not trying to go there with you. Got I'm, it. I'm not trying to be that person to let somebody else feel that way. So you do you. I'm gonna come over here, be me. Cool. Bye. They can't see your face. Uh, <laughs> this is um, yeah, but you get the silence. Though. This is why uh, you know we're gonna release you know later on the secret tapes, the hidden yeah. tapes. Great. There's Perfect. a camera in here, the and you know all these actions. You guys don't know. But every one of us is butt naked in the studio right now. Oh my god! This is, the butt, went, one went, of, this is classic butt naked broadcast. Can we yeah. do that? <laughs> we're doing. While, we're doing it. We're also eating sandwiches at this while point. While we actually take our clothes off or not, we'll put it back on. Okay. Because we already have them off. 
This is Lost and <laughs> Oh, yeah. Is it Lost and Rewound? It is Lost and Rewound, and it is on Radio Free Brooklyn. Preparation for the show, Joy was kind enough to bring her cohorts along, Aaron Pettigrew and Matt Beauvais. And the two of you don't actually happen to have any audio, which made me really sad. Wow. Uh, but that, but so that was sad. something that must have made you think: Did we record anything? Did I record anything when I was younger? And that just didn't ever happen for you I guys. I have a beautiful video that doesn't have audio of me, uh, my entire third grade class, doing a kick-ass dance to "All I Want for Christmas Is You" in the eighth, in the third grade. Christmas show. That's beautiful. It doesn't work on radio because it's just Mariah Carey, which sure. I have on my phone, so I can play that for you that if you want. Sense. And I'll I have, show you. I have dance. somebody to talk. You can talk to Angel Yao and Nissa Greenberg for VHS Presents, so oh, group that I uh, do stuff with. They do a storytelling show that is all uh, based on videos from our childhood. Oh, man, it was kind of like our sister, uh, or uh, we're, um, we're the sisters, <laughs> the sister. Aren't you just the prettiest <laughs> girls in school. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be putting you in touch for sure. And uh, Aaron about yourself um no uh my family didn't have recording devices or anything like that they barely have pictures of me to be honest i think my mom was like after the third child she was like it's cool y'all look the same for the first like two or three years just look at a picture of your sister yeah. hang a picture of your sister yeah. also, just look at her you kind of look like sea monkey is a sea monkey right like <laughs> i mean that's what all babies look like when they come out no sea matter monkeys? what they kind of do their skulls aren't attached so they're kind of just like still <laughs> bobbing around they're all pruny have you ever seen a birth a live birth i have yes, oh, okay. oh, oh you were in the room too? i was in the room Oof. Absolutely. I'll tell you honestly, and this is bad. When I was showed the the birth video, because you see it in health class, right? I was at an age when I should have been. It should have been cool. I was like fourteen. Zach Poots, who was a guest on our show, yes. was actually in the class with me, and a bunch of my other friends, who actually I still know now, were in that same class. Uh, Kesley, who was another yes. guest of ours, was on that show, was in that class, and. I was so horrified. I had to like leave the room. I didn't know what to do. I was like, ah! I freaked out. And I had to leave. And so did Zach. We're the only two people that had to leave. And then we got in trouble for leaving the class. And I thought that was like, that was weird. I was like, I didn't think we should be in trouble for it. It just made me feel uncomfortable. And we had, we got sent to like the principal's office for it. And the principal was Willy Wonka, so he was like, oh, "Welcome to my office. <laughs> Would you like some chocolate?" And it wasn't a big deal because he knew me and stuff. Cool. <laughs> I want to go there. Well, he actually got he works for the deal. You know, he got promoted because he was Willy Wonka. <laughs> so right. they're like, "We need you in the factory. We need you behind closed doors. People can't see you." you know? Joy, your your mother really liked recording, didn't she? She really loved documenting things it wasn't like my mom it was that there was always a parent that was recording sure so like if you were doing like a preschool graduation where you like sang songs there was always like someone that recorded and the variety shows were always someone from the church would always record them so i have all the variety shows on vhs when you contributed this (laughs) audio you contributed this audio to the show and it is a video, but the audio is obviously the more primary of details. 
I can't help but bring up the video, and everybody here in this room has seen it. It, it is adorable. And your mother is there with you, performing with you, and you both have matching outfits. <laughs> how, 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 yeah, it's priceless. It's how important priceless. is your mother's involvement to your upbringing creatively, and uh, how does that manifest itself into this clip? I remember my mom liked to perform, and she would always do these acts in the variety show that I will just say nobody got. And I think that she was... I think she was genius. She did like an act where her and her friend lip sync to Sonny and Cher, both uh. women. They had great <laughs> costumes, like, but nobody got it, you know? Nobody got what they were doing. She loved like all these sort of like Liza and Barbara and like Bet. So my mom knew I wanted to do the variety show. So she was like, then we're going to do it together so that you have a way to do something, right? So we got those matching outfits. I don't remember it that much, but I remember, like, her and I going down to the basement, making up choreography together and, like, coming up with our little skit. My mom is just very much still a child. She's, like, very connected to the child in her. She's a kindergarten teacher, you know? But a lot of the performing that I wanted to do would stress her out because my dad wasn't very helpful. So if I wanted to do, like, the town pageant, my mom was like, fuck. This, it would make her anxious. It would make her, like, anxious to have to figure out how to get a track for me to sing. You know what I mean? But I think she found opportunities for me even though we were, like, in the middle of fucking nowhere. Sounds like your mom was your first gay dad. My mom <laughs> is kind of, like, a gay dad. Like, and my mom, it, yeah, she's... With the Liza and the Barbara in the back. <laughs> that was... We saw Bette Midler together. Of course. We saw Liza together. And, they, and the lip syncing to share. <laughs> yeah, that, like, she was just very theatrical. I mean, I just don't know a lot of moms that would do that with their kids. Yeah, that's awesome. You I know? Mean, I think from the last time you were on the show, I may have mentioned something about my mother's involvement in my theatrical endeavors. I mean, she basically was the one who pushed me to be on stage as uh, early as six years old. And she wasn't an actor at all in any capacity, but she was very supportive of both of her children in the performing arts. And I think my dad just sort of went along for the ride because it was something to uh, immerse themselves artistically. But again, like the fact that uh, your mother was there with you in effectively in lockstep, kind of just like doing this choreography. She was uh, sort of like just another kid that you were with. Yeah. And I think she gave a fuck. Like, I do remember it really affected her how people would receive her acts in the variety show. She would cry. She would be like, nobody gets it. Nobody gets it. But she would still get up and do it. And she would show to me that she didn't give a fuck. You you got to keep going. You got to keep going. That's one thing that I always tell people, especially, um, you know, stand up comics. Because they'll, they'll like, sputter out because they won't get laughs. And they'll just, like, go down in flames. And they'll, like, start talking about how they're not getting laughs. And I'm like, just do your stuff. Keep going. And if they get back on board, they get back on board. And if they don't, you might have gotten more. They might not just be emoting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. they enjoyed you, but they're just not laughing. It's just not a mm-hmm. laughy room. Mm-hmm. I've had people compliment me afterward. Like, I thought I did really awful. And they were like, that was great. I was like, you didn't laugh. <laughs> Thanks. And they're like, no, it was it was funny on the inside. And I was like, yeah, next time, don't do that. <laughs> next time, just show me, please. Yeah. I, like, show, hold up a card with a, like, a smiley face on it or something so I know. What are the songs that are being sung in this particular clip? I think we got, we learned those songs from Little Rascal. I sang, the last time I brought audio, I brought Babyface. Okay. That was one of the first songs I ever learned. And so, this, this is like, is it one song or two songs? It's, I'm going to Hollywood. I don't know where that song came from. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that. And then the other one's Babyface, which 
to be real. I don't know who wrote any of those songs. Let's I, let's, let's take a listen to Joy and her JC mom. And Jojo. Joy, Joy, and her, Joy and her mother in about uh, you know when Joy was eight years old. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. this is at your church variety show. I guess I guess somewhere in the ether there might be a video of me doing something silly from well, somebody. Yeah, I mean, that honestly, cool. the the way it normally works out is that we're not the ones recording it. Yeah. Chances are someone has it. Yeah. yeah, I guess you just need the privilege of like or staying like, connected, staying connected, or living in a town where no one oh, leaves. Yeah. You it's, know, so then you have access to everything. It's just, it's. <laughs> I, I just know. think it's so great when parents get involved but like in the right way you know mm-hmm. like that they're there like holding your hand but just along for the ride with right. you not pushing you not go do it by yourself in this cold room and i'm gonna make you do it so you'll do it but like no like i want to be there with you and like let's do it because because yeah, yeah. you, you want it right and you're like yeah 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 and you're like let's do it then you know so it's not it's not as common i think as people would hope Absolutely. Aaron and Matt, uh, both of you have been involved in acting now for quite a while. And when you were younger, were your parents supportive of being involved in the theatrical arts? (sighs) (laughs) 
loaded question, evidently. I'm not sure I would use the word supportive, but my mom did have a little bit of like a hands-off approach where she's just like, I'm going to let you do whatever you, you want to do. Um, she wasn't like, you know, hoorah. Like, she wasn't that much of a cheerleader mom. But I guess she says that her parents didn't let her do a lot of things she wanted to do, so she wanted to not be that. So I just kind of did whatever I wanted to do. And she's very musical. Um, so, I mean, we grew up listening to her sing at home and sing in the car, and I think that's where I learned a lot of, like, my musical sensibility. And she plays piano, so she'd hear me teaching myself and occasionally yell things like, get your foot off the pedal. And I'm like, okay, thanks, Mom. <laughs> um, but outside of that, no, it's just been kind of me doing my own thing. But she's never been not supportive. She never said, like, don't do this, you know, get a real job, which is, you know. That's helpful. The most you can hope for sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, what is a real job? What, what, what does that entail? I'll figure it out when I, 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 I would like I would like to say that a real job is using your actual skills and uh, learning experiences to create uh, the best way to make money. That's I'll all. Well, I mean, it's like this. I know that sounds very vague. But at I mean, my job, I'm do not, what you're good at. I'm not allowed to wear a t-shirt, but pretty much everything else is cool. All right. All right. All right. I could wear I could wear like a Paddington Bear raincoat outfit, and no one would. Question. Would you please? Uh, but what? Uh, but what <laughs> under that raincoat, you? though? Nothing yeah. under that raincoat. Well, of course, nothing under the raincoat. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I need to feel that plastic on my body. He's a, he's a, a theme party stripper. Oh, God. Paddington is tantalizing. <laughs> you have like little barriers on at the same time. <laughs> and what about you, Aaron? Was there a supportive nature to being involved in acting? Um, acting didn't happen for me until college. We were a sports family, mm. so theater and all that stuff was actually not, no, we didn't, know. Um, <laughs> Did you have siblings as well who I, were in the sports I as well? I am the youngest of four, so I pretty much had to do everything that they had to do, which I guess essentially led me into theater, because my brother went to a musical theater high school who actually, in L.A. City, was one of the very few that had a swim team. So he went originally for the swim team and then got into the magnet part, which was musical theater. And that was essentially kind of an introduction, but we still weren't about that theater life. So it just really didn't happen until uh, until college. Yeah. I imagine that all of your parents are going to be super stoked to hopefully go and visit you guys all the way on the other side of the pond when yeah, you're out in Inbro. Yeah. No. Is anybody's parent? My parents My mom not is coming. not planning on coming. Yeah. My big sister who lives in Korea might come. So she's That's cool. Come nice. from further than Is that further? I don't know. What's geography? Geography. It's hard. It's fine. It's a hard it, thing. But in any rate, this is really exciting that you guys are going to be having this event coming up. It's free. The free the party. Free. And there's got there's gonna be Scots there. You do have to pay for your own beverages, mm-hmm. but, but the great drink specials, all the entertainment and food, is free. Free, free. come to this party, guys, and because nobody wants to no show up at a charge. party where there's no food. We're gonna dance, you know. Yeah. That's, that's that. Ninety nine percent Britney Spears and In Sync. Journal confessions, free karaoke, a mixer, dance party with DJ Tiger Lily. Mm-hmm. We also Kings in- karaoke. we invite you to please dress as your thirteen year old mm-hmm. self. I will be there with my hookups belt. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you gonna wear? Where are those UFOs, Girl. bro? I've been looking like this. Ooh, folks. I look exactly the same way. Yeah, a lot of love. Just a lot of love. There's a lot of love and um, to come have. So come have some. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs>
Our thanks again to Joy Dons, Aaron Pettigrew, and Matt Bove for joining us this hour. Oh, such a good show. <laughs> so good. Let's discover it. Don't forget, I will be there at Tilt Bar at 248 McKibben Street this Sunday, March 5th at 6 p.m. to be a part of the journal confessions portion of 30 going on 13. If for whatever reason you found Curse, that entry I read earlier, just a barrel of laughs, uh, I can assure you that Heart in the Trash will be just as painful. While this event's going on, rock an open mic with the Hoff <laughs> uh, yes. at Jeet Jet. This is true. 9 p.m., yeah? 9 p.m., Jeet Jet. That's J apostrophe E-T-E-A-T-J-E-T, question mark. So that's confusing. <laughs> you guys can find me. You can always find me on social media, and I will link you right to it. There should be a picture of me in a throne sitting next to a golden bear because that's how I roll. That's how you roll. That's what I do. So, again, if you were inspired today by these discussions we had on Lost and Rewound, you know where to do is what I like to say. Yeah. You know where to do. You really say that every time I talk to you. If you have something of the audio variety collecting dust or proverbial dust back at your parents' place. No, we want the dirtiest, the dirtiest tape. If it's at the bottom of one of your boxes because you just moved recently, I understand it's a new month, we're reachable. Email us at lostandrewound at gmail.com. Really simple. Pitch us your ideas. And again, as I said before, as long as it's something audible, it's aged considerably, and it's reflecting likely a very different time in your life that you try not to think about anymore, you know? Along with the uh, Radio Free Brooklyn channel we have up on Audio Boom, you could also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just so you know, we are on all the social medias, the Twitters, the Tumblers, the Facebooks. Follow us, like us if you haven't already. The uh, Twitter feed's a bit cut and dry, I will admit, on the air. But uh, <laughs> Facebook, we have now over 600 followers as of recently. So thanks to all our followers out there. You rock. Um, yes. Tumblr is where I, myself, will put the more personal touch on episodes recorded. And checking out that archive, you will see that it's more than just episodes in there. A lot of stories, a lot of um, even when we first began, Melissa was rocking it out with some uh, delicious nostalgia images. Images. Um, images. So take care out there, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we invite you to come back next week to, as always, get embarrassed with us. Lost and Rewound Radio Free Brooklyn. I've always naturally felt striven to... I've always felt naturally inclined to. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Ah, hold on. The door is too funny.